Lead Our Mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 36, The Masks We Wear. I love this topic and I know you will too. It's all about kind of like the facade we put on to protect ourselves from vulnerability. Remember, when we lose our tolerance for vulnerability, joy becomes foreboding. We start becoming defensive and we start putting on masks. And I think if this day and age with Facebook and social media and all the things, we want to put out our best side. We want to put our best foot forward. But we don't want to do it in a way that deceives other people from thinking that you need to be happy all the time. Because people are supposed to put their best foot forward on social media. But sometimes our brain can use that as evidence against us of how terrible our lives are, when in fact, nothing has even gone wrong. It's part of the human experience. So there's a lot of masks that we wear because we want to let everybody know that everything's okay. And I am on this podcast every single day saying it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to lean into the 50%. It's okay to feel the frustration, feel the anger, feel the disappointment. Be okay feeling any human emotion because then you're okay with your kids feeling it too. And you're not on their roller coaster with them. And so when we're kids, a lot of times... I want you to think back to your childhood of a mask you wore to protect yourself from vulnerability. So a lot of times we protect ourselves with defense mechanisms and personality traits that will kind of ensure our safety in the world to make sure that we're always loved and we're safe. And so we did, uh, we adopt these different behavioral patterns because we're wanting to seek security and stability because as a child, the mask that we wear is like our oxygen mask. So if there was a lot of chaos, you probably might have learned, I need to be super, super compliant. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. So a lot of times we put on these masks because we're seeking stability, we're seeking comfort, we're seeking unconditional love, and we don't want to get hurt. So the masks that we wear as kids protect us from vulnerability, protect us from being hurt. And sometimes that works, but what happens is when we put up the shield, it might protect us from the bad guys, but then it keeps out all the good guys too. It protects us from the authentic relationships that we're meant to have for going deeper with our friends and our family and our children and our spouses because we're so afraid of getting hurt. So then we hurt ourselves in advance so we don't ever have to feel that hurt. So it's almost like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And that's why a lot of times so many clients come to me and they feel stuck and they keep re-injuring themselves and they keep feeling the same pain from their childhood wounds because unconsciously we're recreating it over and over and over because the brain wants to heal all that old stuff. 
So it sets up dynamics between either our spouse or our children or even sometimes with ourselves to heal that old wound in current time. I see it happening over and over and over. So think about the mask that you were supposed to wear when you were a kid. This doesn't mean anything went wrong with your childhood. This doesn't mean that your parents are the villain and you're the victim. It just tells you what your little brain, when you were growing and developing, and I don't mean little as a criticism, I mean little as undeveloped, unformed, impressionable, how we took these huge messages or these tiny messages and we turned it into something way bigger than it was. And then we create these stories in our brain that creates this narrative. And then we recreate it over and over and over with our kids, with our spouse, with our relationship with ourselves and the relationships that are closest to us. And it's okay to have the protective shields. Just be aware of them and see how they pop up and see how you're doing it as a defense mechanism to protect yourself from pain. But sometimes when we're trying to keep the bad guys out, we keep the good guys out too. Spouse and children, they're the good guys. People on the internet that don't know you that well, they're not even the bad guys. They're so far removed from your Saturn that they can't penetrate your positive bubble within your home. I'm going to go over 10 different masks, and you might have a combination of these masks that you had to wear when you were a kid, or you might just have one that was predominant. The first one is the cool guy. The cool guy is like, or girl, obviously. A lot of times we just have to pretend that everything's cool, calm, and collected. Everything's fine. And what happens is underneath, sometimes there's a lot of rage that's ready to blow. So this person might lose it on the server at a restaurant for no reason because they're so tired of putting on the mask that it's exhausting that they're repressing all of this emotional baggage and emotional pain that is seething underneath the mask. And so sometimes something little, like a server having late food, all of a sudden they lose their mind. Because whatever mask that you had to wear as a kid, it's exhausting. And so a lot of times we bring those masks into adulthood, and then we give the mask to our kid. We said, well, this is the mask that I had to wear as a kid, so I'm going to put this mask on you too. And then some kids are like, yep, put it on me. And then they lose their throbbing spirit in the process while other kids are fighting back the mask going, oh, no, 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 no. That's a mask you had to wear as a kid, but don't you dare put that on me. Another one could be the humorist. And the humorist is a brilliant, brilliant defense mechanism. It's kind of like, let's just keep laughing because then we don't have to feel any pain. We are so afraid of pain that sometimes just laughing, a lot of sarcasm, it keeps us arm's length away from intimacy or having any vulnerable relationships with other people because it's always the jokester, always a joke. And so the comedy acts as almost like a protective shield and no one can get in to hurt them, but then no one can get in to love them. That's the problem with any mask that you had to wear as a kid is that no one can get in to hurt you but then no one can get in to love you. Some people are very hard to love because they have such a huge mask or they have multiple masks on from so much prior pain that has nothing to do with you that there's the masks are so layered and so thick that they're not able to let you in and they're not able to express it back because they're so afraid of being hurt. Another one that I see so much in my clients is the overachiever. And I have a little bit of this in me too. It's like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Strive, strive, strive. 
strive for perfection, strive for the rank, strive for the income, strive for the job title. Because if everything's done right, then the world can't fall apart. And so they go after the accolades. They go after the praise. It gives them a little band-aid, a little hit of dopamine for that temporary relief. But then if it doesn't go right, it's like their identity goes out with the bathwater. So they're living in this constant state of anxiety, looking externally to see their value and their worth. And then what happens is that builds a wall and a lack of trust between the overachiever and their loved ones. Another one is the martyr. You see this a lot with parenting, like, I never get any time alone. The child is the villain and the parent is the victim. I never get any time alone. These kids are always on me. I have to do everything. Poor me. And the martyr likes to feel sorry for themselves because if they feel sorry for themselves, then they look to all the world like there's this hero. Look at how selfless I am. When the martyr is the one that signed up for all the kids, even if it's just one child. And then they exaggerate all their sacrifices and it pushes loved ones away because then they think there's a price tag for their love. Like, yeah, she's doing all those things for me, but she's keeping score and rubbing it in my face at the same time. A lot of times you see this with wives with the way they talk to their husband. My husband never does anything. He never helps. Where is he? And so that turns into the husband is the villain and the wife is the victim. Whenever you catch yourself in that villain victim state, you want to remove yourself from that state immediately because it doesn't serve anyone. It just builds walls and resentments around you and your most prized loved one's relationships. So whenever I catch myself feeling sorry for myself, I just say, okay, if I'm feeling sorry for myself right now, who's the villain? And you'll see when you start feel sorry for yourself, look to see who the villain is. Sometimes you'll say that the villain is an illness that your child has or your spouse or your children or your job or your boss or your weight or your house or your time. So it's you against the time and you're the victim of time or you're the victim of your house. Do you see how that gives all your emotional power to something outside of you? And that, my friend, is what we call a lose-lose. And it doesn't serve anyone, and it definitely doesn't serve you because you can't move forward when you're in the victim state. Because then there's someone always outside of you. Sometimes it's the three-year-old who's the villain. And then to get out of that victim-villain, you have to change the three-year-old. That, my friend, is next to impossible. The next one they talk about is the bully. And we know about the bully at school, but sometimes bullies can be overly confident, but they're dying inside of feeling so small and so insecure. And they want so badly to be respected and to get all the love that they never had before. So they go even bigger. They break conduct. They break rules just to get that shot of dopamine, just to get that shot of esteem. And because they doubt themselves so much, they start having hostile behavior. They have obsessive need to feel right all the time. And then it pushes other people away. And then the mass says, yep, nobody was supposed to love you. The next one is the control freak. And this is to achieve a sense of security. If everything's in its proper place and everything's perfect, then you rule out any ambiguity, any insecurity, any unknown, because the brain likes to think that it's almost like a, um, a psychic. It likes to think that it can predict the future. So if you're a control freak, then that just means it's like 
if everything around you is perfect and cared for and everything's in its place, then nothing can become unraveled because if it becomes unraveled, then I have to feel a negative emotion and negative emotions mean bad. And I'm here to say negative emotions are just emotions and they're part of the human experience. I work with a lot of clients who beat themselves up and the next one is the self-basher. This is someone who just beats themselves up and feels such a large sense of unworthiness and insecurity. So it just keeps beating itself up, himself or herself, unconsciously because it's trying to insulate themselves from hurt from other people. So if I beat myself up first, then no one else can hurt me with their negative criticism. And what happens is it keeps everybody at an arm's length away, which might, like I said, keep the bad guys out, but it also keeps the good guys out. And we want to let the good guys in. We want one of the good guys to come in. The next one, number eight, is the people pleaser. This is someone who wants everybody to love them at all times, no matter what. I, my friend, fall into this so often, and I constantly catch myself. A lot of times they want to win all the approval of all the people at all at all lengths, and they go to great lengths to get that approval from all the people. But what happens is they're doing it because they want the affirmations from people all outside of them, but they're not approving of themselves. They're not giving that approval to themselves. Sometimes people pleasers are so miserable because they're so busy trying to get all the people to love them. When in actuality, I was working with a client, I said, if you want to people please all the people around you, and I knew the people around her, I said, the best way to do that is to let them know that you're happy. To let people know that you're okay. To let people know that not only are they loved, but you love yourself. That's going to make the people around you happy. And that's going to make them pleased because they're on your side. And that was really an awakening for her that she took people-pleasing instead of trying to please all the people. She pleased herself. And when she pleased herself, that made everybody around her love her because she was in alignment with who she was. And so that pleased the people around them. The ninth one is the introvert. Sometimes the introvert is so scared of failure or rejection. So it just hides behind walls upon walls behind walls. And this mask keeps everybody out. And they might feel a little bit lonely, but it's much better to feel lonely than to not be liked at all. And they're so afraid of making a mistake, so they just coast and coast and coast. And they don't want to put themselves out there because then they might challenge themselves for criticism. And as long as the introvert stays small and plays small, then there's no risk for rejection or judgment or criticism. So I think we all wear a little bit of these masks. And number 10, the social butterfly, which is the opposite of the introvert. It's the extrovert. This person is the life of the party and They are so lonely inside, and so they want to just keep doing the parties and doing all the things because then they feel less lonely, but they don't want to go super deep. They don't want to talk about anything super deep because that is too much vulnerability. That feels like walking around naked. And so we all wear these masks when we're kids, one, two, multiple of them. And then when we grow up, we want to give these masks to our kid or kids. If we were the extrovert, we want our kids to be the extrovert. If we're the introvert, we want our kids to be the introvert. If we're the social butterfly, if we're the perfectionist, if we had to get all straight A's, guess what we want for our kids? We want them all to follow all the rules. 
And so many times I'll be working with clients and they'll say, well, if I did that when I was a kid, my parents would have lost their mind because everything had to be perfect. And I said, how'd that work for you? Living underneath that stress. And they'd say, oh, that's terrible. It was too stressful for me. And now I'm not even talking to my parents because every time I'm around them, I feel like my house has to be perfect. My manners have to be perfect and all the things have to be perfect. And I always say, what's the goal here? What's the goal with our children? How can we love them without condition? How can we love them without the straight A's? How can we love them without being the all-star athlete or being the perfectionist or the perfect student or awesome at band or the social butterfly or the introvert? Because you know what the parent of the introvert says? Get out there. You should have more friends. You should really get yourself out there. Start planning some. Then you plan a lot of play dates for for the child because you think they're too introverted. And then the extroverted parent, guess what they do? You need to stop talking to all those people. You need to have just one friend. So the mask that we wore as a child, a lot of times we want to give that mask to our kids. And then when they buck the system and they're like, "Uh, no thanks with that mask, then we call it disrespect. Then we call it strange behavior. Then we call it something's wrong with them. When I see so much, when my kids go to school, I see how people try to give them the masks that they want them to wear, whether it's their friends or their teachers or their coaches or just society in general. So when they're home, I want them to live mask-free. I want them to live in that vulnerable state that they know that out there, there might be some masks that are they're needed to in hoops that they need to jump through. And that's part of the system. I'm not saying anything's wrong with their teachers or their coaches or society or their schools or anything's gone wrong. But I don't want them to have that same type of pressure when they get home. I want their home to be safe haven, mask-free. So the best way to make that happen is to take off my mask, that I don't have to be the perfect parent, that I don't have to get all the A's. I don't have to please all the people all the time. It's okay for me to disappoint my kids or disappoint David because it's okay when they disappoint me. Nothing's gone wrong. It's just humans being humans. And that's part of the 50-50. Then I'm not bucking the system so much, and it should be this way, and it should be that way. Accepting the as-is of all the things, because this is what we signed up for. I signed up for these miracles. I signed up to be married to this amazing human being. So how do I want to show up mask-free? How do I want to run into vulnerability? Because I've hidden behind the walls myself. I've hidden behind people-pleasing. I've hidden behind perfectionism masks. I've hidden behind so afraid of people judging me that I just judge myself in advance. And you know what happens when you're behind the walls? Not a lot of vulnerability, not a lot of connection. And it's actually very lonely. And so when you go through the world with your palms up, what can you teach me, spouse? What can you teach me, child? What can you teach me, society? What can you teach me? How can I live mask-free so I can teach my kids to live mask-free? And then when I see someone else trying to put a mask on my child, they will know it's just a hoop that they need to jump through, but it isn't part of their identity. It's okay to be a healthy striver for good grades, but conversely, good grades doesn't mean a good human. Just like bad grades don't mean you're a bad human. Grades, behavior, all the things It's just a language to us. Is the subject too hard or are you too hard on yourself? 
when we tell our kids to live mask-free and they can feel any human emotion, they actually feel it less with less intensity and less frequency because they're not holding down the beach ball underneath water. And then they're normal. we're normalizing it over and over and over for them. So then anxiety isn't like a cancer diagnosis. Anxiety is just anxiety. ADD is just ADD. Nothing is wrong with them. It's just a human emotion. You have a little bit more of it than the average, or you have a little bit less of it than the average, but it's all normal. You know why? Because I have those feelings too. And then the kids don't feel so like when I'm out there, I'm wearing a mask. And when I come home, I'm wearing a mask. When I go to school, I'm being yelled at. When I come home, I'm being yelled at. When I go to practice, I'm being yelled at for not being good enough. When I come home, I'm being yelled at for not being good enough. We're putting our kids in a constant state of stress. If all they know is when they go here, they need to act a certain way. Then they turn into chameleons and they lose that sense of identity of who they even are to begin with. Then they search externally over and over and over for their validation, for their worthiness and their value. And I am begging parents to let their kids know there is no dimmer switch or brighten switch on their worthiness and their value. That worthiness and value was given to you the day you were born, just like you as the parent. So nothing external can brighten that or dim that. And when you know that, you can take the masks off. And when you take your mask off, you give the permission for your neighbors to take their mask off, your kids to take their mask off. And then it's all just all B minus. And there's not so much pressure to be perfect because when we put pressure on ourselves to be perfect, then we project that onto our kids to be perfect. And that is a lose-lose. And that is a lot of stress. And that's a lot of anxiety added on to the stress and anxiety that they're already having when they go to school and battle all the things that they have to battle. I want home to be a safe haven, to be safe, to be loving, to be kind, to be filled with love and calm energy, not more chaos. They deal with enough of that. So how can you build more harmony in the home? You can build more harmony in the home by having harmony in your heart and seeing them as a soul having a human experience versus being a reflection of you. And take off your mask, lean into vulnerability, jump over that wall, because when you do that, vulnerability breeds more vulnerability, and then all the walls are dropped within your four walls. I'll talk to you next week. Love you all. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.